Cool. Got me. Hey, what's up, David? Hey, I'll man. just I was just explaining to people. I'm like, man, I was trying to find a how to join a live instructional as a guest on YouTube, and I couldn't find. There are two. There are three videos, but the videos were terrible. And I'm like, for any content creators out there, you have an opportunity to get millions of views by creating an instructional video on how to join, uh, how to join a live on Facebook. Yeah, I. I went and looked for the same thing, couldn't figure it out. I it, it was just the phone thing that threw me off. So now that I got on the phone, I saw you went live pretty easy. So Okay, cool. Um well no rush today or anything. Uh we'll just kind of these are like coffee shop talk type podcasts. I really don't um don't have like a script for it or anything. Uh but I wanted to just kind of interview you, get to know your backstory, also uh work on breaking some myths, which I think you've done really well on. So myth number one is uh, you can't get ripped in good, in good shape after you're like 40, basically. So you're 50, you prove that wrong. Myth number two is the whole, I don't have time to do it myth. You definitely prove that wrong because you're, you're very busy with a family and plus with a, with a business, which is basically like a second family, if you consider like having to take care of your employees and stuff of that sort. And then you got a lot of other stuff going on. I just like never see you actually um, sitting still. So I wanted to... Uh, just to kind of chat with you, throw some ideas back and forth, get uh, your opinion about like your experience with online coaching and the pluses and minuses of it and kind of stuff like that. Mainly just you do all the talking and I'll try to act smart and throw some sophisticated questions back and forth. Uh, so maybe let's start with, um, I was wondering if I could uh, probably try like a new format for a live today and just get your perspective on like the month to month experience of your transformation. I know you're technically still not finished yeah. uh, and we just transitioned to kind of like more of a lifestyle phase, right. but maybe if we can start with like a month before you even reached out to co uh, for coaching, kind of how your lifestyle was, and then we'll kind of go from yeah. there. Yeah. Why don't we, um, let's get into that. Why don't we start with like a little bit of background of kind of how all this came to be uh, per se. So, um, you know, as you had alluded to, I'm in my... 50, I'm much 50, close, close to it. Um, I've always been very physically active. I mean, as a kid, I was one of those kids that was always in, you know, sports. I did the, I did the track, I did the baseball, the football, always active, always did stuff. And I was always that kid that walked around with his shirt off and was ripped. And, you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoy the aspect of fitness, being healthy and, and having that as part of my life. And then as we go through, let's call it seasons of life, um, you know, we, we, as individuals, not all of us, but me per my story, um, you know, I worked for a record label. I worked for uh, Warner brother records and I, what, what is ironic about it is that this was during college and, you know, after college, um, working for these record labels, I was never really, um, in bad shape or had really necessarily bad habits, but I was also blessed with being in my twenties and being able to get away with a lot more than we can do now as we're older. Um, but the stress was there, the stress, the no sleep, I mean, all that sort of stuff, again, doing things, whether it's eating, whether it's not, you know, meditating and sleeping correctly, you can still get, you know, you can get away with a lot in your 20s. So I never really blew up or had anything um, react adversely to me uh, in my 20s. Um, 
and I was okay. And then I would say my mid to late 20s, all of a sudden I got into, you know, I was um, ingrained into what I'm doing now. And that's, I, I own an insurance business. Um, in the last 20 years, we've become one of the most, if not the most successful insurance agencies in Arizona, where I'm located, uh, we're hospitality specific. And that's important for people to understand because hospitality um, really comes with a lot of detriments if you're doing it the way that I that I did it. Um, because you're always, you're in the game. You're not just an insurance salesman. You're somebody that's out there. You're at the nightclubs. You're at the restaurants. You're doing all of the things that um, just don't work for me now as a 50-year-old man. They just don't. Um, I no regrets. I'm grateful for the mistakes um, that I made on my on my my conquest of you know building my body um, and losing my body. So you know, has in my late 20s until my mid 30s, I just I drank too much. Um, I ate bad foods, and I would go on these cycles. There were always these cycles because I always had the athleticism in me. So I would I was an avid runner. I would run. 30 to 40 miles a week and just beat the hell out of my body. I would um, I would use that as an excuse to be able to eat and drink more, thinking that, okay, well, I did this sort of thing. And because I did this, I can now do this. It all adds up as, I, as I've learned even more. Um, uh, the drinking, you would just lose days of your life. You know, I literally, I would wake up, I would feel like crap. I wouldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to work out. I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things and again, as I got older, that got even worse. Um, side note, I quit drinking over nine years, going on a decade ago, for no other reason than I just wanted a healthier body. It was, there's no shame in AA, there's no shame in saying I have a problem. Um, my problem was I didn't want to feel that way anymore. So I just, one day I said, I'm done, and I quit. And that was it. And, and I don't even think twice about it. But it's interesting to be in this hospitality business and to understand that if I had, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't have built the business the way that I did and was able to live. And, you know, because there's a lot of struggles that go on. People got to make money. They got to play the part. They got to do these certain things. And I did all that. Um, so about a month prior to seeing you, and I had done one fitness, really important point. I did do one fitness show back when I was 36. Um, so what I did is I kind of did the yo-yo thing. I did the traditional, you know, bodybuilding, you know, you know, cutting and all that sort of thing. I went up on stage. I did my thing at 36. I was like, okay, cool. Accomplish that goal. And I was in great shape, you know, had all the abs, all the things. And then, you know, shortly uh, after that, I lost it all again. I was like, I, I use that as the, has gaining a goal. And then basically use that as an excuse to go back to a, to a shitty lifestyle. You know, and that just doesn't, it, it, it didn't work for me. So another decade goes by, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, you know, cruising a little bit. And then, you know, here I am at 49 and I reach out to you because a month prior to that, um, and as you said, you're not in bad shape. You have a good, um, a good base, right? But that base wasn't good enough for me. And if people look at my before pictures, they'll look at a, you know, 164 uh, pound man who, um was unhappy with himself you know and you know in in clothes and, and what you see and how i am i saw like i had a, a belly hanging over or anything you know too bad but i was too ashamed to take my shirt off or to do the things that i really enjoy doing as a person you know because i just i love that freedom um and and, and not having to worry about it but what i did realize is that prior to all that i you know being in the restaurant business in in the aspect of insurance i was going out to eat two, three times a day. I mean, you know, breakfast out, breakfast meeting out, lunch meeting out. And even though I, you know, I was 
supposedly healthy. Um, what I have really learned during this phase with you, and I still use, I mean, we started, let's just say end of, end of June, and here we are, you know, late October. Every day, I'm still using that Excel spreadsheet, which I have learned how to add in columns. You can be really proud of me. Um, okay, but I, cool. I learned how to use this Excel spreadsheet to my benefit and not to my detriment. Because if you don't track it, it just doesn't like, you don't know where you're at, you know? Mm -hmm. And thing in life that's tracked to me um, really gives you a, it, it gives you a basis of where you're at and where you need to go and what you have left. And that, that one thing alone has been the, you know, um, well, not the one thing, but it was one of the main things that really changed my perspective on being able to, um, know that I can eat a lot of food as long mm -hmm. as it's the right food, I can eat yeah. a lot and pulling away from the restaurants and, um, all that is because again, being in the business, these people cook in all sorts of crap. I mean, look, the restaurant business, it's called the restaurant business. They're in business to make money. They're not in business to make you healthy. Trust mm -hmm. me. I've been back to several, if not hundreds of, you know, thousands of these kitchens having to do inspections and to see what's done and this and that. And I'm not trying to say restaurants aren't beautiful and they're not great for community. They absolutely are. But for me to get to the goals that I needed to be at for my after pictures and to live this lifestyle, you know, moving forward, I knew what I had to do and I did it. And that was, that was huge. Now, the other aspect as well is um, I always had this misconception in my mind that, you know, weight training for me was over. Okay. I'm an old man and it's over. Um, you know, you shouldn't be lifting heavy weights. It's bad for you. It's this and that. I, I just heard all of this stuff and it's like, it should be all mobility and all movement and all be it. All that stuff is very necessary and very good. And it's really helped me. I mean, thank God I have the mobility and the, avail the availability to do that. But the other thing that changed me and really helped with my transition were these weight workouts that you give me and, and have given me and doing those. And it, it's like breathing air. I know when I wake up in the morning, I got to do those things. And I feel so much better after doing them. And just by those two little, they're bigger changes because I wasn't quite doing them, but they're not really that big of changes because all I did is stop eating out, track what I was eating, and I started using weights. Now, before that, I was I was eating healthy, right? Healthy, but it wasn't that healthy because I couldn't track it because it was in a mm -hmm. restaurant. And then I was I was working out. I was working out every day, but I had no guidance or understanding of why I was working out the way I was working out, what was going on. And so my body for the last when I was getting really, you know, strict with it was not the results that I wanted. So then when I started doing these progress just with you and we do these accountability checks, and I go and I look at myself and I'm like holy cow, like weighing myself every morning, it, it's, it's really helped me. People are like, oh, don't weigh yourself. I'm sorry. But again, another trackable. For me, that works. And I love it. I love to wake up and be like, okay, great. I'm here. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a great journey so far. Yeah, that's one. So you touched on a few actual things. And there's hit and misses. They're, not everyone's against this, but a large majority of uh, health professionals are against like, oh, don't weigh yourself in the morning. You see that like very often, like don't weigh yourself every single day, you know? But I think it helps people so much, especially when you do it first thing in the morning. Like you said in a few of your lines, you know, you can get lost in life very easily, you know, trying to keep up with work, trying to keep up with family. And you could easily forget about yourself. It's so easy to. 
because in today's modern society, especially if you're living kind of like in a city or an urban environment, you really don't need to be that in shape to survive. You don't need to be in shape at all, actually. <laughs> you know, you can still show up, make a living and have your health insurance and your food and stuff like that. But in like the hunter gatherers day, for example, if you weren't in shape, all of a sudden you can't survive anymore. You know, it's very highly dependent on your livelihood. And so you could lose track of your uh, physical health and then your mental health will surely follow behind if you start losing your physical health as well. And just an easy thing to do that costs literally no money outside of maybe buying a $15 digital scale on Amazon that could be delivered in two days is just to take your weight first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, preferably after you go to the bathroom. Because I feel it's, it just reminds you of your goal. Even if it doesn't change, it reminds you of your goal. And then on top of that, it reminds you to put yourself first. And also, it gives you good objective feedback on how your behaviors and choices impact your weight. And inevitably, your weight is going to be one of the main driving factors of what's going to impact all of your biological markers, be it high blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, all of your hormones in your body, et cetera, et cetera. And I've never seen anyone like not change their behavior when their intention is to do so when they started you know, tracking their weight or having some other metric to track what they're doing outside of uh, just like, oh, am I feeling good or not, which is okay too. But I just like, I like to be more precise with my measurements and I found it helps with clients a lot as well. And then another thing, um, another thing you mentioned also is uh, like tracking, tracking your food as well, because a lot of people do get healthy eating confused with weight loss and they, some, they do have a little bit of overlap but you could eat healthy food in a surplus and still gain weight, such as what I'm doing, for example. I rarely eat out as well, uh, maybe once every three months or so. Uh, but I try to eat in a caloric surplus just to help actually gain weight, et cetera, et cetera. And another thing is with eating out. A lot of people think it's like, oh, I could eat healthy while eating out. And I think it's extremely, extremely difficult to do so. I was just wondering if you can touch on that since you have like a lot of past experience with eating out and stuff of that sort. Yeah, sure. Um, and real quick before the point, um, you know, the scale also, uh, it helped me with a bunch of myths that go on in my head and I'm sure in a lot of other people's heads. And as we were doing the carb up phase, you know, you, you took me from 80 grams to, you know, 200. Um, you know, I got, got nervous you know because i just i don't know but then when i'm seeing myself on the weight scale and i'm seeing the more definition and now i'm eating you know a couple rice or sweet potatoes or you know a ton of fruit which i love like i've, I've, I've got this new fallen love for fruit because fruit thrift for a reason it works with my body um and uh i get on the scale and i see that i'm weighing less you know and i was just like holy crap like is that really what's supposed to be going on so so the, again the back you know the scale can really be a good tracker and can really crush some myths that have to do with maybe people's perceptions inside of their own personal body um so so back to going out to eat uh you know the reality of it is is that we live in a society of you know um, you know, let's just say instant gratification. It's busy. It's a lot going on. People have kids. Look, I have two kids in college. Um, I have a wife that, you know, would like to go out every now and then and, and, you know, be treated like she's going on a date. Now, granted, a big support system for me has been my wife. And my wife used to be a fitness model back in the day. 
And, you know, now she's 50 as well. And she's got her own, you know, sorts of things she's going through as women, you know, approach that age. Um, but, you know, together, we, we cook together, we make it a, um, you know, a ritual at the table. Uh, we both like the same food. She measures my food for me. I mean, that's been a huge help is when you have a spouse or a partner or somebody that um, is on board with you and can help with that. Because I can tell you that if your spouse wants to go eat, you know, chicken wings and, and hamburgers at the sports bar and you're trying to be committed to, you know, getting late, it, it, a lot of times it doesn't work for that relationship probably. Um, so I'm very blessed in that. But that being said, you know, we do like to go out to eat. You know, my son was in town this Saturday. We went to True Foods. Um, you know, it's supposedly healthy. True Foods been bought out by a big conglomerate. We show up there. My wife's like, hey, I would like the sweet potato hash. They don't have sweet potatoes anymore. And, you know, they, they got rid of those off their menu, the one, you know, item that my wife loves. But, you know, she had even made the comment to me. She's like, well, they're pretty much cooked in canola oil anyway, so I'm probably not missing out much. So she goes with the kale sa salad with a bunch of oil on it. But, you know, she understands and she gets that and she's going to make those sacrifices because my son's in town and he's 21. He just doesn't, you know, he didn't care what he eats. He's semi-healthy, but he's going to go out and eat. You know, for me, I, I do like today business lunch. So I'm going to do the best that I can. And honestly, um, I carry a cooler in my car. And in my car, I've got my fruits. I've got, you know, already, you know, a slice of protein that I will eat. And I'm actually going out with the, the mayor of uh, uh, Tempe, Arizona. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's an important business launch. I need to go. I need to be present. I don't really want to be an a-hole and be like, yeah, you go ahead and eat and I'll watch you and I'll have a cup of coffee. Although I could and I would. But look, if they have grilled asparagus and I can get a piece of, you know, um, salmon, probably not going to be the best quality, but I'll just kind of take a hit on it, you know, for today um, and tell them no oil whatsoever. And if they can do that, then I, you know, I'll go ahead and make that make that move and understand that that's what I did. And then I, again, being able to track myself and check myself, I'll see if it had any adverse effect on me besides, you know, maybe, you know, feeling bad or not feeling bad right after eating it. But I've been pretty successful, you know, the last 90, 100, 110 days so far. Um, I've gone out a handful of times. And again, being precise, looking at the menu ahead of time, understanding how to order, and just not being fearful about asking for those things and making sure, you know, the best to your ability that they can, they can do that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know, but you could always custom make your meals at any restaurant. Yeah. You could always just tell them like, yeah, I want a chicken breast and some broccoli on the side or something like that. And they'll make it they'll make it just like that for you and they'll still make their money and it's okay and it's it's yeah, it's fair. So people can do that. I've had a lot of clients actually, a lot of business clients that travel often uh, do more of like a carnivore diet when they are traveling where you just select any kind of meat option you want. You really just stick to that water and black coffee for the most part. And I've seen actually good success with that. I wouldn't recommend doing that like seven days a week all year round. But just when you're traveling, it's kind of very easy to understand. And especially if you're going out to business lunches and trying to like sell a prospective client on like a business deal, it's going to be kind of weird if you're just sitting there with like coffee and they're eating like steaks and stuff like that. So you can still order like, you know, like a sockeye salmon. Sure, they'll probably cook it in some oils for sure. But it's better than, you know, having a whole bunch of drinks and um, like, a bunch and it's all uh it's all in perspective right if you're like super muscular and, and super big and very active you can probably absorb 
a lot more damage than a person that's not that muscular, you know? So you got to really know your situation and how to play the cards from that vantage point. Uh, but generally speaking, it's like I always try to um, tell people they get a little bit confused about being on fat loss programs because the general perspective is I need to be on a fat loss program my whole life. And I'm like, no, man, you just need to be on a fat loss program until you lose the excess body weight you're not happy with. And no fat loss program is sustainable. Like some are definitely sustainable longer than others for sure. But the whole point of a fat loss program is once again, just to lose the amount of body fat you want to lose, hopefully gain some muscle as well in the process and not lose a lot of muscle. And then transition right into what we have you transition into is more of a lifestyle and muscle gain program, which ideally the person should stay on for the rest of their life, where they do have a lot more flexibility in eating. Like I encourage you to eat out, you know, once or twice a week with your family. If you wanted to, I think a good distribution is to have one meal like on Wednesday and another meal on Saturday. So it kind of like psychologically feels like you're eating out a lot more than you actually are, you know? And some clients just stick to once a week. I really like um, uh, buying, a, uh, I forgot the name of the company, but buying the uh, kombuchas for like a cheat drink or uh, the zero calorie sweetened teas for like a drink, uh, ch uh, cheat drink as well because they're like zero calories and I always try to get the organic brands. It starts with an S. Uh, I need to start getting better at promoting these companies because I always forget it in, in the time of need. But you might, you might, I always post it in our group, which ones I have. Or clean, I have those sometimes as well. Um, these are great. So there's a lot of flexibility, like black coffee as well has like zero calories. So you can go and hang out with your friends at a coffee shop and chat and chat and just drink that. You know, you don't have to get their Frappuccino with 200 grams of sugar in it. You know what I mean? You can just get these alternatives and, um, and stuff of that sort. So it's easier to, to maintain and turn it into more of a lifestyle thing. But you mentioned also one important thing, and, and a lot of um, people on fat loss programs, one of the bigger complaints is like, I'm always hungry. And inevitably, the person has to be in a caloric deficit. It doesn't have to be large. But the problem I see a lot of people doing is they, they source those calories incorrectly. So they still stick to their processed food, which is kind of basically empty calories to their left maxing out their calorie quantity for the day but still feeling very hungry yeah. and thus making it very tough to do but i encourage a lot of my clients to obviously work on sourcing higher quality food which you actually were already doing i found i didn't really have to even coach you in that area at all uh and that way it keeps them very full on actually a small amount of calories can you uh maybe chat about your experience with that yeah of course um so <laughs> What, what, what's really ironic is on the 1700 calorie days where you had me, you know, a week on, uh, weekend, um, you know, doing my fat loss journey, those weren't tough days at all. I mean, I, when I had uh, was fasting and, and I don't know enough about, you know, fasting, um, you know, at this point in my life to say whether it was good or, or not for me, it just didn't work for me. Um, it was one of those things where I was always exuding energy and then I was like, oh God, I, I would try those OMADs and I would be starving throughout the whole day. And then I would just shove whatever in my mouth by the end of the day. But on the 1700 calorie days, I found myself eating quite a bit of food, obviously within the 1700 range. But, you know, I would get up, I'd have my protein shake, you know, put a carb in it um, after working out. And then I'd have like an apple at 10 o'clock. And then I would, I would really eat a lot of jicama and carrots. Absolutely love jicama and carrots. I would dip those things in mustard and just eat them like going out of style. So if I've ever had any sort of a hunger pain, I never wanted myself to be hungry. I didn't think that that 
it's a, a, a medal of honor, you know, to get get shredded or to feel, you know, feel like I had to do that. And then, you know, I always prepared. I have a George Foreman grill here at the office. I didn't make my food the night before. Uh, organic turkey patties or organic buffalo, you know, burgers. Uh, I have a couple of those. I, I have a griddle. I can make eggs right there, you know, really quick. Office hates me, but too bad. Um, so, you know, I well, smell at least you're not cooking rockfish in the office. Then they yeah. might really hate you, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> then the whole place will smell like a um what do you call it um uh fishing port you know <laughs> i know no, I, fish. I would eat sardines and that would kind of stink up a little bit but you know the thing is is that it's really easy to make your food within you know seven minutes you know just you know cooking yeah. that up and and believe it or not like a lot of times i would just have like five whole eggs and i'd have a couple of bison patties i'd eat that for lunch and i would be good until dinner yeah. you know i I'd have an orange at three o'clock or something like that. Give me some savory. I would drink coffee. You know, I, I might have one coffee or a tea in the afternoon, um, but I'm good with black coffee. Never had a problem with that. Never really like sweet coffee or any of that sweet stuff. I'll drink a clean every now and then just because I do like carbonation, a little bit of flavor. Um, but I stopped drinking like Zevias or, or anything that had any extra like little ingredients because I felt that those were triggers for me to want to eat more carbs like Yete chips and all mm. the things probably making me fat and I was in denial, you know, because you have a Zevia and then all of a sudden you're eating a bag of Siete chips and you're like, oh, it's okay. And then, and then you're looking at yourself and you're like, okay, that's probably it's the not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing I had to realize too, is that for, for me, uh, nuts were, nuts were making me fat. I mean, because I couldn't have like four or five nuts and call it a day. It was handful of nuts with berries and all sorts of stuff and they weren't being tracked. Yeah. So, you know, so then dinner, I would have a logical dinner. I'd have a couple. I'd have like uh, eight ounces of salmon, a, a big salad, and then I'd have a shake to finish it off. And I make my shakes at the end of the night with like avocado and you know scoop of protein powder and ice, and that's it. And and I'd put it in the fridge for like two three minutes, and then I'd take a spoon and eat it that way. It's like eating pudding. You know, you're eating mm -hmm. just protein pudding with avocado in it. So. Um, that that and 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 the biggest change also was after that shake i was done my my, my day my day was done because i knew i was at my caloric you know max at that point but also the myth of like if i had an event that was late at night and i didn't get all my calories in until you know let's just say it was very rare i was out you know past you know seven o'clock or whatever but let's say i came home and it was seven thirty eight. i'm usually in bed at eight i go to bed at eight no you know most of the time, 99% of the time. But let's just say I had a late night out, didn't get all my calories in. I have no problem now eating that last bit of calories at eight o'clock because I'm still within that 24 hour frame. Yep. And for me, the most important thing was getting the calories in, you know, based on the program that I'm doing, you know, because that's part of muscle building. It's part of fat loss. Harder for me, the the rejuvenative uh, metabolism that my body is now getting used to, and that worked out. One point I wanted to make on going out to eat, just some um, like advice for myself that might help others, is that I always bring digestive enzymes with me, so I'm always you know taking those to make sure that you know I can get food digested correctly, and, and I do that at home as well. And then also, this is a trick that I had learned from a chef um parchment paper most restaurants have parchment paper and if you ask them to cook your meat or fish or whatever in parchment paper if they will do it they don't need to put oil on it mm -hmm. because the most mm -hmm. reasons why they use oil is because they don't want to stick into their pans and having to 
you know, clean all that. So if you can ask for parchment paper and no oil, that's like the cleanest way to go, I find out. Yeah, that's actually how I cook most of my meat to also save time. Yeah. Uh, like basically I just get home, I uh, get a glass tray, put a bunch of meat on there that I'll eat for the day. We'll put the parchment paper on there first, meat on top of that, and then just throw it in the oven. And just it's cooking while I'm taking a shower and getting ready for the day. And then by the time I'm done, all my, all my food's ready for the whole entire day. And I don't have to like hover around the stove. I just don't like cooking in general. I understand if you love cooking, it's your thing. That's cool. But I just want it to be like very time efficient, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of throw it on there and then just, uh, I find cooking kind of boring, <laughs> super boring. So I just try to like uh, automate that as much as possible, which I think is another important goal to automate a lot of your fitness goals as much as possible and make sure that a lot of them are not taking up tremendous amount of time or very time exhaustive. Can you maybe go over some strategies that you've used to help automate certain aspects of your journey? Yeah, I mean, time management, which we have gone over in your program, like the pillars of that we go over, I think that they are helpful. I think you would agree that I, um, had utilized or had, had done a lot of that. I, when you own a business, you, you you have to figure out time management real quick. I think a lot mm -hmm. of times people that own their business that they sacrifice their own time and their own health and wellness, and they give it all back to the business, which I, I, I was done doing. I'm like, no more. So now with me, with time management, it came down to the point, look, I get up at four, no alarm, no problem. I get up, I have my cup of coffee, I play with my dogs, I might do some you know, reading, whether it's educational, spiritual, whatever, 20 minutes of reading in bed with dogs. And you know, then I just, I, I have my, my gym is in my garage. You know, I'm, I'm blessed enough to have the money and the finances to have built out a really nice gym and you know, did it before COVID, which was very handy. Um, and so I, for me, time management has always been interpol, but but now I had to make it about taking care of my body first and my business second, because the business will get taken care of even better if I feel better and I have the energy and quite honestly, if I look great and I have that confidence and mm -hmm. I'm feeling good about myself. Yeah, it's a vanity play. I get it, you know. Um, but you know what? It feels good to to, to look good. It just does. And. Yeah. Um, Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm curious, have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store? In Yevgeny's book, he demystifies the difference between caged, cage-free, free-range, and pasture-raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled Anti-Factory Farm Shopping Guide by Evgeny Trefkin. Now let's dive back into the podcast. And Not to interrupt, but I don't even know why aesthetics is frowned upon so much in so many health circles, you know? It's like, yeah. well, you look better. I've never seen anyone look worse while improving their, like not look worse, but feel worse while improving their, their looks, you know? Their oh. self-esteem always goes up. Their depression always goes down. Their anxiety always goes down. Obviously, as you decrease your body fat, all of your biological markers will improve because your inflammation in your body systemically will go down a tremendous amount. So I'm like, what's the problem? You know? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't see the, the I don't see the issue. It's like it's a good point. We we've all kind of kind of um, been indoctrinated in this society now of like let's feel bad for everybody, you know, because they can't manage their time and work. I don't know, but it, it, it's it's a really good point. And 
it's also important for us to investigate the inside of what's going on along with the aesthetic. So for me to spend money at a natural path and to do my blood tests, you know, twice a year and to look at everything that's going on inside me and seeing those results as I get in better, better, you know, shape and knowing that I feel better. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bog down the system with having to go in with diabetes or, or any of this other stuff. I'm going to be there for my kids, for my grandkids, you know, and, you know, be able to to just you know live a very good and productive life is absolutely huge um so i i guess to retract back to the time management thing so i'll i'll get up and then what i'll do is i'll walk into the garage and i'll get my workout done and i understand now like with the workouts that you write for me i i am literally to the second most of the time <laughs> i got my stopwatch and i'm like okay 120 which is you know two minutes I, I understand that so i get done with my you know my bench you know two minutes you know today it was like the the pull-ups okay two minutes and i know that that's going to take me an hour hour 15 minutes so i have to manage my time for that and i do it early enough to where i can now go for a walk with my wife and the dogs because that's important now i get a little walk in as well and i get family time and i get you know something that's beneficial for me there and i feel good and i've started my day out that way whereas before i was setting meetings at 7 30 or 8 in the morning now that now the morning belongs to me mm -hmm. nobody okay you're not taking my morning because for me my 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 workouts my my own health my wife my family all that that comes first and then if i'm able to get to my first meeting say nine o'clock perfect and now i'm working until about two o'clock every day two or three and then i go home and i and i decompress i have my I either meditate or i play guitar because that's kind of one of those hobbies where i just get lost into that don't think about other stuff play with the dogs again cook dinner with my wife wind down and i go to bed at eight and and it's it's absolutely wonderful you know you don't have to do everything um every day that's true uh, and I and I try to live by that as well. If, if like there are 10 things going on, I'm like, okay, what well, really needs to get done today? I'll just get that done. And it doesn't matter if I'm like not the most efficient person in the world every single day, you know, so um, natural type A personality here. That one actually took a long time to break, you know, but I just got sick and tired of being tired all the time. Yeah. You know? So I was like, I got to balance this out better. But regarding your time management, I mean, uh, that is one of the... the um, I like, I heard this from Robert Kawasaki and it was actually pretty, pretty powerful, powerful. He's like, oh, you know, people use um, excuses as like a form of escape, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to, to avoid the responsibility of taking action on something they want to accomplish because it shuts your mind down right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once you use an excuse, it just stops looking mm -hmm. for solutions. And one of the biggest excuses with people taking care of themselves or putting their mental and physical health first is I don't have, I don't have the time, you know? Uh, but you're a perfect case study on a person that has a lot going on and still able to make the time if you just manage your time efficiently. But looking at it numbers wise, I mean, uh, you're looking at like 168 hours in a week. Let's just say the average person works 40 hours a week. Let's say they're sleeping actually perfectly, which isn't the case. The average American sleeps around five hours a day. Uh, which I don't know how they do <laughs> because even five hours a day, one day out of the week kind of messes me up. And even if I have eight hours a day, all the other days, but let's say they are sleeping eight hours a day, that's 56 hours a week. Let's say they are actually social and involved with the family 15 hours a week, five hours for errands. That still leaves 52 hours of free time every single week. Yeah. And the reason why, and that's basically two full days and some, some hours of free time every single week. 
And the reason why I bring that up is because it really takes about like 10 hours to optimize your like mental and physical health to optimize your aesthetics during the week. It takes about like five hours of working out time and then five hours of background stuff, you know, like getting your meals, uh, whatever, taking naps, rest and recovery, et cetera. So even with optimizing your aesthetics, optimizing your mental and physical health, working 40 hours a week, sleeping eight hours a day, hanging out with friends and family five out, 15 hours a week, running errands five hours a week, the average person still has 42 hours of free time every single week, every right. single week, right. which is more than enough time to even start another business. Even if you're working for someone else with 42 hours, it's like a full-time job for most people, you know, even after doing all of that. So the, the real question is, is where is that time going and why, uh, why are people distracting themselves with all this random stuff instead of really focusing on what they, what would, you know, improve the quality of their life? What's really going to help you more cruising around social media for another two hours that day or you know, going and getting a good gym session in four or five days a week. You know what I mean? Uh, so the whole time excuse, it is, it is a myth. Most everyone has the time to do it. It's just the time isn't spent wisely doing a lot of, a lot of other stuff. And it's the same thing with money. I mean, not to bash your gym or, or anything, but you do have a basic gym, which is all you need. You know what I mean? And, and the average American does spend eight to $16,000 a year on like just eating out and travel and alcohol and stuff like that. Like what would benefit you more? Like if you are crunched on time and you have to drive to work, like all you really need is just a pair of adjustable dumbbells, a pull-up bar and an adjustable bench. And you could already have a solid setup at home. And it's like 600 bucks, 700 bucks for that setup, you know? People and all of a sudden you don't have to drive to the gym anymore, drive back to the gym anymore, which could be time intensive for some people. I'm not going to lie. 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. That's already your, your workout, just driving, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if that's a concern, like you don't need much. A lot of the client testimonials I posted, they do just have like an adjustable um, power blocks, uh, pull up bar, which we do weighted pull ups with yeah. the chain for the weighted pull ups is like 15 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. The door pull up bar is like 30, 40 bucks. You don't need a fancy one. And then an adjustable bench. I would recommend getting a more heavy duty one so it doesn't slide around. So that's going to be like 200 bucks. And then the adjustable dumbbells are like, I'm sure you can find used ones, but brand new ones are like 300 bucks. Yeah. And then you're pretty much set to go. Or you can get a gym membership, Planet Fitness, 10 bucks a month. They got everything you need there to transform your body, mind, uh, physical health, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, stuff of that sort. So the other thing is the money myth. You know, It's like people are like, oh, I don't have money for organic food or this or that. But they are spending quite a bit of money on just like sugar highs for the most part. Stuff that's really not adding really any value to their life long-term at all. In fact, it's a lot of times taking value away in the sense that they're eating all this food and drinking all these alcohol. And then they're like, oh man, I don't like how like my man boobs look or my gut looks. I'm like, well, you're, you're funding your own pathology oftentimes. And I know, I know you're very positive, but I feel it needs to be said sometimes because it's totally under the radar of most people. And they just like, it's so normalized to just spend money on stuff like that, uh, that a lot of people don't see it as anything wrong with that, you know, um, because it's so common, but just because it's so common, it doesn't mean it's like the best thing to do for most people, you know? Well, <laughs> people have to take responsibility for their own health and either they do or they don't, you know? And so at the end of the day, 
yeah, I'm a positive person. I'm not here to preach to anybody what they should or should not do because quite honestly, nobody cares. They don't care until they care enough for themselves to want to make a change. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. So what I can do, what you can do, what everybody else can do, you can just lead by the example of who you are and, and keep you know putting out there the good information that actually works. And when you, again, look at my before and after pictures, look at the training regimens and what you've done and put me on, it works. It's just, I mean, there's no, there's, there's no black or white. It, it, just, it just is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Or there's no gray, you know, it just is what it is. And so I get a lot of calls from people that are, you know, that saw my, my um, transformation. I was going to say transition, but no, I'm still a dude. Um, <laughs> my, my That's another transformation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I get calls from people and they're like, dude, you look great. Wow. You know, I want to do what you did. And I'm like, but do you really, do you really want to do what I did? And so when you start getting in the conversation of what it takes and how people have to really change every aspect of their lifestyle, they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. and they know that they don't want to do it, but they want the results. And yeah. it's, I mean, that's just human nature. And that's just how it is. And that's why not many people out there make a choice to look the way that we look because it takes the work it takes the sacrifice it takes the lifestyle and right now it's not even sacrifice yeah. for the non-negotiable you know this this is non-negotiable because if i want to be here for my kids and my kids kids and for my business and for my employees and my wife and everybody you know if i want to be here and be present and be active um then that's what i'm going to do you know, I, I'm not the type of person, again, I'm, it's not a criticism, but I, I'm not going to go watch a sports game for three hours. I don't care. I'll go to mm -hmm. ESPN.com and I'll get, I mean, like the Diamondbacks have a possibility of going to the World Series. That's great for my business. I insure a lot of sports bars. The busier they are, the more money they make, the more money I make. I don't need to sit there and watch a three-hour game. I'd rather go do an hour of guitar lessons, an hour of hanging out with my wife and the dogs, and an hour of working out. You know, I mean, it's, it's right there. So you just, you, you just got to figure all this stuff out on your own. Yeah. And people will be surprised, especially those that are anxious about being very rushed and hurried in life. People will be surprised how much hours they have left if they just delete their social media apps from their phone. Yeah. I'm not saying delete them altogether. You can keep them on your desktop, but just delete it from your phone. And all of a sudden, I promise you, the bulk majority of people will have an extra two to three hours a day. Let's say that's three hours a day let's say that's two hours a day. that's 14 hours a week like i said all you need is 10 hours a week to really optimize your mental and physical health and your aesthetics like what will benefit you more cruising around social media for another two hours seeing all these kind of like unrealistic expectations of life portrayals you know on most profiles etc or you know going to the gym and stuff like that or maybe not even going to the gym but just resting more you know yeah. just sleeping in a a little bit more so your central nervous system is relaxed and rest and all of a sudden you'll you'll find out that you have so much much less going on for a lot of people that could make them feel just a lot less anxious and hurried because all of a sudden when you've wasted three hours on social media you're a little bit behind on your project now you got to rush you know finish it get everything done on time or rush your gym workout that could add to already a lot of anxiety that that typically is fueled in a lot of uh fast-paced um you know, fast-paced cities and work environments. Uh, David here is a uh, is a client as well, so I'm retired and offer no arguments. Okay, yeah, he has plenty of time, but uh, he he uh, started actually around the same time you started as well. So, 
Um, another thing, another thing too, uh, Dilo is I always encourage people for longevity and safety and just overall results to stick to just like aesthetic workouts for the most part and like hiking you know, and stuff like that and walking just to optimize their yeah. health. How has your experience been with just focusing on uh, your health journey mainly from like an aesthetic perspective in terms of your workouts? Because I try to get people to stay away from doing like heavy squats, deadlifts, any kind of like high intensity, um, you know, CrossFit workouts. Nothing wrong with that if you really are on point with, with knowing what you're doing. It's not oftentimes what you do, but how you do it. But I just found there's just so much less risk with aesthetic workouts. And moreover, if you do it right, it even turns into kind of like a meditation session because you're so deeply focused and connected with your body during that session. Uh, it's like therapeutic as well. I was just wondering what your experience over the years has been with different types of fitness programs and which one you feel kind of resonates well for you at this point. Yeah, you know, as a kid, I was always, um, I was always like the pyramid kid, you know, my dad would always give me the 10, 8, 6, 4, you know, and then back up, you know, with the bench and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, it was probably the Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, days of, uh, you know, back when we all wanted to be bodybuilders, because I was, I was born in the 70s. So it was like, you know, all that hype. And, and I really love those types of workouts. And, and, you know, a lot of that had to do with aesthetics. I never got into, I'm a short dude, I'm like five, 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 six, you know, um, so I was, ne I never was like a power lifter or got into any of that heavy stuff. The thing that I did do is I, I, I had been a runner from the time I was nine until about 45, 46. I quit running during, uh, 2020, 2021. It just started taking such a toll on my body. Um, although I could have, I could have been, I, I could have kept doing it and probably been fine. Um, but it was more of a mental toll on my body. It was one of these things where I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't want to come home after a long day at work and have to run six miles because I didn't do it this morning or didn't have time. And being type A and always having a schedule and having a, even a coach for that, I didn't want to disappoint. So I just quit. I was just like, I'm done. I got to find something else. So I started doing calisthenics to, you know, really, you know, get myself a, a movement sort of um, area. Um, the workouts that I'm doing now with you that you have programmed from an aesthetic look, the nice thing about working out at home is that I can't go that heavy. I mean, I'll kill myself. I'm by, you know, I'm alone. I'm using a, you know, a bar and I have, so I'm smart about it, but I'm also very, I'll use enough weight to where it's a good, you know, it's a good weight and a good pressure, but I'll do it in the aspect of going very slow, you know, the three, three down, like what you're mm -hmm. talking about and, and, and make, making sure that I'm more concentrated, like you said, a meditative sort of thing, more concentrative on the muscle. And wow, the results are, are just absolutely mind boggling. You know, it's so I don't go in with a fear like I'm going to I'm going to hurt myself or have to lift too much or I, I don't I'm not hurt the next day or that tired. I might have one time a week where a lot of the accumulation of the workouts has built up. But then like Wednesday, like my real rest day, I do nothing. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. Go for a dog walk. But that's about it. But I don't run every day anymore. I just do my work. And that was another thing I had to learn. And I, the only way I could learn it, again, is by charting my food, weighing myself and, and trusting the system, you know. And so looking at these workouts when I was used to doing so much other stuff, you know, um, thinking that more is better. More is going to make me lose the fat. More is actually less became better. Now, I would be a liar. And, you know, I don't really tell you this because I don't want you to get mad at me. But, you know, like on Saturdays, I want to go get a tan. So I'll go run up, I'll go run up uh, one of the mountains here, like Camelback Mountain or whatever. 
but I just do it more as a meditative thing to listen to my 80s rock tunes and I get a good heart rate and I feel good. It's a, it's a 25 minute, you know, run up a mountain. And then on Sundays I do kind of a, a, a CrossFit sort of workout, but that's more of like a community thing for me. It's not like I'm trying to kill myself because it's going to make myself better. It's like I'm there with like 20 other people that I really enjoy being with. And it's fun to kind of self compete with them and just do things like the assault bike or, you know, how many, you know, pull ups in between that and this and that. So that's like a 25 to 30. So those are the two things that I kind of throw in during the course of my week as well. But I'm not doing them because I feel like I have to in order to lose more weight or be in better shape. I do them because I enjoy them as, you know, part of community or just getting out in nature. Yeah, I mean, from a from a consumer perspective, um, I feel like these days it's just like also just so difficult to find legitimate health information. Yeah, you know, I find the information actually, like you mentioned, way back in 1970, was way more practical and actually got your like Arnold's Bodybuilding Encyclopedia for Men. I'm not saying I agree with literally everything in there, but I guarantee you, it's like, dude, if you if the average person just mastered the material on there, which emphasized like sleep a lot, eat real food and like yeah. lift weights, like four to five days a week, uh, in like a split routine that would work for most people if they actually did it. But today I find in the marketplace, it's like, oh, you got to take all these like fancy supplements and do these like crazy ritual routines and stuff of that sort. And I'm like, man, you just have to honestly, like really just honest, honestly, like master the basics. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say like literally got to do nothing else outside of that. Like honestly, day in and day out, master the absolute basics and you will be a master of what you're trying to accomplish. And that's, that's all you got to do. Let me, let me, let, and, and real quick on that point, cause this is great. Um, before I signed up with you, I was, I was doing all the things red light there cold plunges, you know, the sauna, the, 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 um, the boots that, and that um all, all the things i was doing them all i'm like oh that's cool it's gonna burn brown fat you know the fasting this and that and um you know hoping for some sort of solution that was you know it just wasn't there because at the end of the day the two things that helped was the aesthetic weightlifting and the tracking of food that that's really it that's all i changed and for people that don't know that hadn't seen on your post you know i took it upon myself to go compete in a fitness competition literally show everything that i had accomplished and and just put it out there in front of people to judge me you know to judge me not that i care what they have to say or do but it gave me a goal and it gave me something to get up there on stage in you know uh, board shorts and um just kind of show you know what i've done and feel proud about it and and for me knowing that i was able to do that just based on those two principles that you gave me and i threw out all the rest of that stuff um that's all i needed to know and, and now i can just live a very again it bought me back more time too because what you're asking to do once you have the the eating down you already know i mean do i really need to use the food tracker Probably not. I mean, I know like a pear apple, like I know what I'm eating. I know how much a, a cup of rice looks like when it's cooked. I know how much, but I still like to do it. It still holds me accountable. I still like to weigh myself in the morning. You know, I still like to do that stuff. Um, but I, I bought myself more time too, because I don't have to think about like, oh, I got to try this new thing. Oh, I'm going to go hit the, um, the cold plunge today, which is a drive down there and this and that in between my workout and my run up the mountain and this and that. So simplifying your fitness journey to me, and especially at this age with a lot of other things that are going on. 
And the most important aspect that I've also brought back is it's brought me more time to rest and, and rest mm -hmm. is great. I have a couch. Yeah. I'll take a 20 minute nap right in the middle of the day and I'll just listen to some meditative music. I will wake up after 20 minutes and just be raring to go again. So. Yeah, those midday naps are huge. I actually took a nap right before this live here. Uh, right after my workout, I always try to do, I work out in the morning, probably like you as well. And I just get home, um, I throw my food in the oven, take a shower, get out of the shower, the food's ready, I eat the food, then take a quick 20, 30 minute nap, then get my day started. And I just find that kind of eliminates those kind of midday drags on top of that. And it's just your energy is very level and predictable. You don't have any of these kind of like fluctuating, um, fluctuating energy levels or just general fatigue or anything of that sort. And I find also it really helps you recover from workouts as well. Yeah. Taking that, taking that nap either midday or, um, uh, or right after your workout, whichever and stuff of that sort. Uh, it just kind of sucks. I feel, I don't know your perspective, but I feel just in American culture, it's kind of like frowned upon to, to rest. You know, I feel it's such a type, a, uh, type, a kind of like workaholic culture. And, uh, I don't know what your what your observation with that has been. You know, I, I just opened a, a, another business. It's a it's a tech business, and what I've learned, um, my partner's a twenty year old genius. <laughs> um, not even kidding. We're we're talking like I've never even seen a brain like this, and, and I've noticed this culture even within within him. It's like every moment of life is about working right and i'm trying to help with him because he's you know doesn't have the life experience yet probably has more intelligence than i'll ever have in my whole lifetime right but doesn't have the life experience you know yet i'm trying to kind of help guide and teach him that look dude not every second needs to be about work and go 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 you know go you're you're young go live these experiences go play pickleball during the day go do these sorts of things i do see a lot more and, and i've um i've done this within my office i do see a lot more of people allowing them to take the time for themselves and to make sure that they do take you know vacations and that they do take these um these moments to not be so stressed or so work we we cut fridays down early we do you know we do a lot of stuff for the health and wellness of the employees here because i want what i do certain aspects of it to bleed over to them so i have a healthy work environment i'm not saying they have to eat or work out like me or anything like that but i think one thing that everybody here can agree on is that when you're getting berated by clients and certain things um, you know, you want to be able, thank you, David, you, you want to be able to help the people that are helping you and helping your business to be able to relax and just have, um, you know, have a good feeling inside of them and not be always so stressed. Yeah, I find especially when you're in like a service business and have like a lot of clients to manage or employees, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's only so much energy you can give, right? You know, so that me time is like so, so pivotal and important. Like for me, it's always the first half of the day. Like I don't even start working till noon right. and then kind of go from yep. there. Uh, so I do my workouts and if I need to read something, I read that as well. Or if I need to sleep in a little bit because I feel tired, I just do that. And I just feel, feel it also helps build like longevity in your career. Sure, you could be successful burning yourself out, but I, I, I highly doubt you'll be happy like at the end of the day and then also probably accumulate many health problems by the time you reach 50. I'm sure you've seen many business owners by the time they're 50 they're probably not doing so well or maybe that's just from my perspective i don't know uh if you've seen that as well yeah i mean i i do see a lot of um 
a lot of people my age and older that have really run hard for a long time and not take care of themselves, and especially in the hospitality industry, because I deal with a lot of restaurant owners that are about my age or older, and that's a stressful industry as it is. And so, you know, part of what I've, um, I, I've created a, four, a 501c3 um, that's going to be called, it's called Healing Hospitality, to be able to give back to the hospitality industry for the owners and for the employees, um, to help teach them whether it's body movement, whether it's meditation, whether it's some sort of counseling for drug alcohol abuse or, you know, men, um, you know, mental counseling, stuff like that. And so, and, and the reason why I do that is, is to your point, just a lot of these people, they just, they burn the midnight oil. They're stressed out about numbers or stressed about, you know, just so many things that really at the end of the day are just out of their control. And if they don't take care of themselves, you're just going to see this uptick in heart attacks and all these other things that, you know, you hear about that soon become a reality within your circle, and especially mine, you know, it's really sad when one of your friends ends up dying um, for no other reason than possibly them not taking care of themselves because they work too much or work too hard, you know? Yeah, and I think, uh, what was it, like 33% of males in the U.S. end up dying just because of a heart attack or something of that sort. And that's like super preventable, you know, and it's kind of sad that so many, so many males kind of die because of that and stuff of that sort. And then another like 20 or 30% die because of cancer. So you got like 50% right there that could be preventable by just kind of learning central nervous system management, sleeping in a bit more. Um, inevitably, I know some, some people can handle it for sure, but of course, um, I don't know if, if you can be as productive being super healthy. I don't know what your take is on that. It seems like you have found a balance. I always found it like a little bit tougher to balance on my part. Uh, but I don't know if what, what your take is on that. If you're like really living a health conscious lifestyle, really getting all your sleep and stuff of that sort, do you feel you have to die down your productivity in various aspects of your businesses? I don't No, I feel like I'm, I, I, I'm complete opposite. I feel like I'm more productive. I do feel like you have to experiment and you have to learn that there is a balance towards it. And, and I don't think productivity is necessarily getting stuff done. I think it's getting the right stuff done and getting yeah. it, you know, in a shorter time period. So, you know, albeit, yeah, workouts, the first thing I do, you know, in the morning, but, you know, after I hang out with the dogs and I kind of, you know, come to life, I will go to the computer and I'll, I'll blast out, you know, in the morning when nobody's bugging me, I'll blast out, you know, 20 responses to things and then I'm done. And I know that that eases my mind. It helps my stress. And I've, I've compartmentalized that. So, um, no, for, for me, the, the, the healthier and, and the better that I feel and the better that I look, um, the more productive, more confident, and the more raring I am to just take on the world. Do you feel, uh, do you feel that's also possible to do as you're growing your business? I know you kind of have an established business already. I do see a lot of like fit business owners that kind of have already an established business. I've definitely coached quite a few of those over my years, but what would be, what would be like, for example, what would you go back and change uh, looking back to when you first started building the insurance company? Um, I can't, you know, that, that's a, that's a tough question. Cause I, I, I live a life of no regrets or, or, or no mistakes. They're all just things that have come into my life to make me into what I am today. But um, you can't do a business alone. 
you know, a business comes down to surrounding yourself with people, i.e. be coaches, clients, employees, family, whoever that is, you are who you surround yourselves with. So, you know, the thing is, is that I've now am, am at a point of trial and error, um, you know, decisions that have lent me to 25 years later, you know, in this business, um, you know, having the right people in my mix. Not to say that you're not gonna have a bad apple here or there, but it's very rare because now being who I am and attracting who I need to attract to help me run my business efficiently, that it, there's less stuff for me to do. A lot of the stuff that I had to do when I was younger, I don't have to do now. I've hired somebody to do that stuff. And I know that's not everybody's situation and not everybody has a, you know, a business with 15, 20 people, but, um, there's always outsourcing. There's always things that you can do to alleviate a lot of that stress. Doesn't mean that you have to pay money for that and kind of, you know, basically sacrifice some stuff. Yeah, but what are you really sacrificing? I think at the end of the day, you're gaining time and time is the only thing that you cannot pay for, you know? So when you get that time back, as long as you're utilizing that time to do something beneficial, you know, for yourself, that's going to end up helping others, then that's really what has um, become, you know, absolutely the, the key for me to be successful and to grow and to grow at even more of a rapid pace. Did you have, before signing up, did you have any, um, uh, what's the word? See, English is a second language, always catches up to me, right, when I'm trying to find the perfect word, you know? But uh, any um, uncertainties about getting like an online coach versus an in-person coach? Because I know a lot of times coaching is associated with, they have to be there counting my reps, watching my technique and stuff of that sort. I was just wondering your experience with the online platform. Um, I think the online platform is good for people that, um, first, okay, you know, if you're going to do something, um, I think for most people, if you're going to do it online, um, you have to be committed. You have to you know, make sure that if you're going to exchange energy with somebody, I'm not just talking about a monetary value, but if you're going to give me energy and I'm going to give you that energy back, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I just saw you one day and that day I signed up. I stalked you a little bit. I listened to your podcast. I did my investigative work. And so I had made a decision, you know, probably even a few weeks out before hiring you. And even prior to that, it was about a month of just kind of God, do I want to do this? You know, so it, it really came down to, you know, making a commitment and an investment of my time to want to do this for myself and knowing that you were the right person after investigating that. And so um, I knew that it was going to work because I was I was committed. I was ready. I was going to put the put the work in. I didn't know what the plan was or how it was going to go about, but I was excited about it. And then when I actually saw it working, I was like, OK, this is great. And honestly, online has helped me, you know, way better than going in person and thinking that I'm getting, you know, the right, the right help or just trying to do it on my own. So I, I don't see, um, I don't see any detractions from doing anything online. I think it's, I think it's great. I think most stuff nowadays, you know, is online. Most of the information what we get is online to have a coach online is perfectly fine. You know, what, why do we need to be in person, you know, with everybody all the time? I mean, most of the work I do is via email. It's online, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Well, as a, as a closing um, conversation, are there any books that have really kind of 
changed your life or perspective in life that you can think of? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's, there's quite a few, um, I think, none of, I wouldn't even call them motivational books. I just have a lot of spiritual books that I invest, you know, time and patience into. And, uh, but I have, here, hang on. Um, Alan, Alan Cohen, um, he's one of my, one of my favorite authors right here. Um, I really love reading just, um, so when it comes to reading, it, it takes me forever to read something. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm not that smart. I, I have ADD and my attention span's horrible. So I like to read books that have like really short chapters that kind of give me life's lessons or they tell stories and stuff like that. And Alan Cohen, he's got hundreds of books, but he's got a lot of great like life lessons and stuff like that in there that I just like to read in, in little chunks and, you know, kind of take the day on in, in, in that sort of thing, so. Gotcha, okay, cool. Where, are there any other any other topics you would like to cover, Dila? Happy to happy to expand on any of them. So no, I think we I, I think we've covered quite a bit. It's been it's been great to have a you know a good uh, fun conversation. I appreciate everybody you know watching or, or listening uh, today. So yeah, no, it's it's fun. Thank you for all that you've done. Thanks for spreading the word and and um, you know with what you do. And and I'm definitely grateful for you. Cool. And then I think we have our weekly call tomorrow. So. I'm yep. confirming today on this call, not tomorrow, yeah. okay? Okay. All right, you guys. Well, thanks Thanks for jumping in and uh, have a good week, okay, everyone? Okay. Take care, guys. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you've ever had trouble losing weight or you've lost weight but still didn't have the ideal body or health you're aiming for, please feel free to reach out anytime and book an assessment. Eugene will work with you to cover your goals in detail. See what's holding you back and go from there. In the meantime, feel free to check out the countless testimonials on Eugene's website in the link below. In the testimonial section you'll notice everyone has various backgrounds, are of all different ages, and all have had different challenges in their life, but they all have one thing in common, they were all able to find their health and achieve their ideal body. You're also welcome to add yourself to the Facebook group in the link below. There you'll have access to the live videos that Eugene does weekly on Sundays and other helpful content. Thank you again for tuning in.